podcast out there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host as usual, Billy. Alongside me, Jimbo. How are we going, bud? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, thanks. You all right? Not too bad. Not too bad, mate. Must Good entertaining weekend, must admit. Yeah, four good games. I think they didn't disappoint. No, definitely not. Four very, very good games. Hope all you guys enjoy them watching at home. Uh, unless, obviously, you're one of the teams that lost. Then. Sorry, but the show must go on. Someone's got to, now there's only four left. Uh, I'll say show must go on. And we are down to four, Jimbo. So just before we kick it off there, guys. So we are having a little bit of trouble with the um, the Twitter page. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily bit. call it trouble. I think the fact that you thought you could have a Twitter page at one month old and Twitter didn't really like that was probably the more. <laughs> I was hoping we could. I thought I mean, we were going to swiftly go past that, but Jimbo's decided to stitch me up. So basically, yeah, weren't thinking at all. And yeah, and uh, it's just got to take a while. And Twitter was being a pain in the ass. So uh, yeah, completely my fault. But. It'll be up and running sooner rather than later, so don't worry. But the Instagram account's fine, so don't worry about that. So I haven't, fu- I haven't fucked that one up. So that one's absolutely fine. But uh, also, guys, like I say, we're all on uh, uh, every distribution site as much as possible. Like I say, if there is any one that you think we're missing on that you listen to on a platform, do give us a message, and uh, we will try our best to get our podcast on your preferred platform for you. Right then. First game, LA Rams at Green Bay Packers, Jimbo. And when we did the preview last week, uh, I wouldn't say we're a little bit off. We, we 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 thought Green Bay would win. I think that was a bit of a given. We didn't we didn't think the Rams were going to pose too much of a threat offensively, which it, it effectively like they weren't in this game. I did personally, for me, thought it was going to be a lot tighter. But this team, I mean, for me personally, they've got to be the favourite to win the whole thing. They are just, they were outstanding. Yeah, I think if you Rams. if you base it on the, the games that have just been played, you know, I think the Packers are the, should be the favourites. I mean, they're, they're very, very tight in the betting at the moment. They're sort of joint favourites. But I think the Packers impressed me a lot more than the, the Chiefs did. Obviously, the Chiefs had the injuries, but we'll, you know, we'll get on to that. But. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, we, we, we go through all the game. I remember watching the game. <clears throat> Other than, you know, I think the Rams got a touchdown just before half-time. I think it was 16 to 10, but it was never really in doubt. Green Bay were able to move the ball all over the place. Um, you, considering you're going against the number one defense, which is pretty much top five in every category, like we pointed out, we've sung their praises all games, Jimbo. They just didn't have an answer, did they? For any of the weapons, Aaron Rodgers was throwing it everywhere. Devontae Adams was catching the ball. Aaron Jones had himself a day. He's definitely after a new contract, as you can tell. I'm not sure if Greenberg going to give him that much, but he's definitely fighting for one. And he had, he had an outstanding game. And yeah, they just did not seem to have an answer at all throughout the whole game. Exactly. I think the, the fact that the Packers have put these sort of numbers up against the best defence in the NFL is, has shown you how good their offence actually is. Our, you know, Rodgers was absolutely foot perfect everything he did, throwing-wise. And then you had, obviously, a lot of yards on the on the ground as well. It's impressive. Yeah, massively impressive showing by this team. And it's not like people didn't think they were that capable. I think they always knew they were capable. But obviously, when they've been put to the test, every single time this year, pretty much they have they have sealed, signed and delivered it. And especially in this game, 
you know, you look at Aaron Rodgers, he had three total touchdowns. Aaron Jones had himself a day. He was unlucky. He was one yard under under uh, three figures there, under 100 yards. But he had himself a day. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard as well, had a very nice day. And defensively, credit to where it's cr- credit's due to that defense as well. I mean, you look at exactly all the stuff, everything going through. They got to the quarterback four times. They got into Goff's face. They held the run game in tow. Akers wasn't... Uh, Akers didn't have himself actually a bad day, but they kept him in tow. But the main stat here defensively for Green Bay is that they held the Rams to two out of eight on third down. And if you're not converting your third downs, especially against this Green Bay team, you're not going to get very far, are you? No, I think the, the thing that impressed me most, I mean, obviously just changing the topic slightly, I think the thing that impressed me most was the fact they didn't allow any sacks. Obviously, this Rams defence got brilliant pass rush and the Packers didn't allow one sack. I mean, that just shows how well the line held up, the offensive line held up. Yeah, exactly. They made holes for Aaron Jones. They kept Aaron upright. As much as Aaron is, um, he is elusive. He he can roll out. We know, we all know Aaron can move. Um, there's no doubt about that. But yeah, they kept him upright, led the holes through for the offense, and they never really looked back. You you know, you you're sort of going into the third <clears throat> and going straight into the fourth. They never really looked back. As much as the Rams were sort of knocking, I I don't think it was anything. To, to oppose Green Bay. It wasn't like that, that I could just saw the Rams' defence even going into the third, into the fourth quarter. They were going to eventually stop Aaron Rodgers because it was never looking like that. No, I think it was, it was fairly comfortable Green Bay the old, the old time, wasn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, to be fair to him, you know, as much as I've slagged him off a little bit, you know, Goff played fairly well. They, they didn't put any risk on him at all. You know, it was very basic... But he did he did complete his passes without really moving the ball down the field very much. No, exactly. Um, yeah, like I say, I mean, you look at his stats alone, completion-wise, you know, he wasn't, he done well, he, you know, he completed his throws. Um, I think the main thing really with Goff in that game, he wasn't awful, though, like they said, they sort of kept it very basic for him. I think they were hoping Cam Akers was going to stretch the field a little bit more just to help him out. Obviously, he had a big monster game last week. That was their key. They had the run first, and then Goff was just enough to get it through. Um, but you also look... Well, for me, I think Goff. they just set up in the basis that they were going to hold Green Bay to less points than they put up, really. I think they put a lot of trust in their defence. Obviously, that's where they win games, their defence. And Green Bay put 32 points on them, which the Rams probably aren't capable of scoring with their offence. No, absolutely not. Even, even at full strength, I know Cooper Cup wasn't playing... Um, that was a big loss for him in the game. But either way, I, I don't think he would have made the, the complete utter difference that some wide receivers would to, to put them through this game. Uh, like we said, I think on average, uh, they're definitely in the... Um, I think they were top. I think they were top, actually, in terms of holding uh, teams to... I think it was 18 or 19 points a game throughout the year. And that works for them because, obviously, they hold teams to about 18 to 20 points. And then you expect your offence just to do just a little bit more and just enough to get through, which they did in a lot of games throughout the regular season. And now you you look, you, you face someone like Green Bay, who, let's be honest, are a really different gravy. As much as I love the Rams' defence, they're different gravy on both sides of the ball uh, and, and special team. And they just, yeah, there's just, there's nothing else to do with just seeing Green Bay's praises. As much as we like the Rams in terms of what, what they've achieved this year, in terms of the way they play their, play their game defensively and doing just enough on offence, like I say, Green Bay to me are a hundred percent the favourite over Kansas City, in my opinion. I think they're they're gonna. I reckon they can win the NFC Championship game and hundred percent 
get another Super Bowl ring for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think they got every chance. You know, they they play like that again, and they're going to be very very difficult to beat. Definitely so. I definitely wouldn't want to be playing them uh, in the NFC Championship game, which we'll get to in a sec. But nearly 500 total yards against the number one defense in the National Football League. Green Bay advanced through to another NFC Championship game. Pass interference. Defense. Spot of the foul. Right then, Jimbo. So this one we're going to have uh, very much, very much fun. Talk. Well, sort of very much fun. We got the result we wanted anyway uh, off uh, the M- uh, Mitch Keg NFL Judas Bowl, as I'm going to call it, which was against the Orleans and Tampa. Tampa providing 30 to 20. Bit of an interesting game, Jimbo. I mean, uh, Saints had the, um, well, the first play for the Saints. They had an outstanding return uh, by, was it Smith or Jones? I can't remember who was the return man from, but he, um, he had a great return for like 65 yards to get them in great field position um, to start the game. And then they, they scored a field goal in the end, but it seems like that it, it, it felt like it was going to go um, their way, didn't it, in the end? And that's what got us got us a little bit worried anyway. Yeah, it did. I think credit to the Bucks defence, really, for holding them off for that return. Obviously, yeah. you almost had the second return on the second drive as well that was brought back with the flag. But I think... Really, that sort of started Breeze's sort of downfall in the game, really, not being able to put more points on the board there. Yeah. You know, I with think that great start, starting point, and he only managed to put the three points up. It, it did seem like a missed opportunity, you know, and, as, and, and he knows much better than anyone, and as well as the Saints, you're not going to beat, they weren't going to beat each other by kicking field goals, both teams, you know, that it, was good. it needed to be touchdowns, touchdowns. And both teams have been capable all year of, of having high-scoring offences. So you'd like to think that that was a missed opportunity there for them. But they led the game for, I think, a few more times than Tampa did in the end. I mean, Tampa had their later charge in the game. But they, Drew B seemed to eventually get the game going. And then they had a big trick play with, uh, out of all people, <laughs> out of all people to throw a touchdown pass. Jameis Winston came on, done a role reversal of like this weird reverse. Well, it was run. interesting. I think it was copied from the uh, the Bears last week when it the dropped the drop pass. The oh, massively! It, it looked it looked like the exact same exact same play. Jameis threw it downfield just and Traquan better execution. Absolutely wide open, and uh, credit with credit's due. As much as we hate him, it was a good play. Uh, but that was like they're probably their biggest play of the night really I mean now I mean Alvin Kamara had half decent game but he was kept in check mainly in the receiving game uh and and big credit here to to the Tampa Bay defense uh you look at what they held up and some of the plays and the main thing here obviously we have to talk about they got four turnovers off Drew Brees and the offense and that was what was key in the end Jimbo you I mean at the end of the day turning four times in a in a regular NFL game, you're going to put yourself in a hole, but especially in a playoff game like this. Yeah, Bree uh, Drew. <laughs> Drew Brees fell apart, didn't he? Three picks. It just completely lost the plot. I think the de- credit for the defence, but it was it was a poor show, really, wasn't it? It was in comparison of what they can do. I mean, other than they sort of kept the running backs in check, but Fournette and Jones did 
moved the chains when needed to. They they caught the ball out of the backfield. They they were doing fairly well when it was in the latter stages of the game where the Saints defense was getting a little bit tired. I think they were on the on the field a little bit too much more than say the offense was. I think overall, um, I think the uh, time of possession was quite balanced. But in terms of the defense being along a little bit more longer, it definitely showed its toe because well, Tom Brady. You know, I think chances. you go to you go to last week's game and the Saints offense kept the defense off the pitch, didn't they? They the offense was on for forty minutes of the game. Today, yesterday, it wasn't that that wasn't the case, and the defense had a lot more work to do. They're on the pitch a lot longer, and a lot of that boiled down to the turnovers. Yeah, massively. I mean, other than the only one I'll let him have a pass on, Jared Jared Cook, who to be honest had an awful game. He 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 was at fault for two of them turnovers. Uh, a cracking play by Anton Winfield, the rookie, who is definitely up for Defensive Rookie of the Year, made a great play. Jericho ran the ball over the middle and he's pun- peanut punched it out of him and they got another turnover. And then towards the later end of the game, Jericho tipped the ball up in the air and then was caught for another interception. So he he had an awful game. As much as I know he's not a staple piece of offence, he's normally quite a reliable target. So for him to have these two mistakes definitely put the, put the uh, the Saints in the hole into the later stages of the game. I think one thing that did impress me with the Bucks, Stephen, it, you know, it's, it impressed me and it sort of made me think they're in trouble next week. Is they actually made five penalties that cost them first downs, and I think four of them were actually on third down situations that the Saints didn't actually make the pass. So to come back from that and to still the Saints and force the turnovers. Fair play to them, they, they never gave up. Yeah, you know, that could be I quite mean, frustrating. All their penalties they gave up, quite frustrating for the defence, but it didn't slow them down. No, definitely. It was frustrating for us. I remember I was getting frustrated and wondering what the defence was doing, but they came up big in the end. Devin White had himself an absolute amazing game. He was outstanding. Had a pick himself. Yeah, he was all uh, over the place. He was all over the place. He had a lot of tackles on Kamara, which I pointed out in the preview. He needed to have a good game to keep Kamara in check because in, man, in certain man coverage situations, he would have been put on Alvin Kamara. He lived up to the billing, held him at bay. And yeah, he had an outstanding game as well as most of the defence. Defensive line had got a bit of pressure. They kept the running game in a little bit of toe. Kamara done bits, but they kept it just enough. And like we said, I think, the, I think this is a mixture of this result was a mixture of obviously the Saints giving the ball away four times. Any game it's going to cost you. They also didn't take their chances earlier, early doors with uh, the two field goals they did kick early on, which could have been really, ideally should have been touchdowns in terms of field position. So, Yeah, exactly. That. Was... I think the, the Bucks offence wasn't brilliant, but it was efficient. They didn't, give any, they didn't cause any turnovers at all. It was typical Brady efficient offence and it done enough to win the game. Yeah, it must have been. And then you look as well, they had a bit of a slow start. Um, Tom Brady couldn't get a first down for like the first, uh, it must have been near the end of the first quarter. They just couldn't seem to move yep. the ball enough. Um, but they finally got a bit of rhythm. And once he gets rhythm, it's so hard to stop. And as much as you're a good defense, uh, the Saints, I'll give them credit for credit to you on certain things. I, I know they had two corners out. Ken Crawley and Patrick Robertson was out. Also, also Taysom Hill was out as well, which we said was a big possibility. And that would affect their offense, which it did really. You know, they, they didn't want it, they couldn't use him in the packages they liked to come off the bench. So when you look at that and put all that together, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a downfall probably from the start. And in all, in, in, in as much as simply put it, the better team prevails. I did, and I think the beauty of this result is 
we've seen the Saints cap issues for next season. And I think it's going to be a long time until they actually return to anything like this, any sort of playoff run. They're in absolute dire straits. Rubbing my hands together for that one because I just can't wait to see what happens to them over the off-season, which is going to well, be... we had a go yesterday, didn't we? We had a go at the cap yesterday. It just looks impossible to me. It, it does Unless look you get every single player to restructure, it just looks absolutely impossible. So, Yeah. In terms of the Saints moving forward, I think they are going to struggle. Yeah, well, we will get to that in another episode of the podcast in terms of what we're going to do to try and help teams out with their poor cap situations is also what we do with their new head coaches. We will definitely all have a look at that come after the season has finished. But overall, Tom Brady just keeps on winning. He's in yet another championship game and is one game away from going to yet another Super Bowl. Roughing the passer, 15-yard penalty, an automatic first down. Right, guys. Uh, for them games, we're going to be doing a an MVP like we have been doing for the past few previews as well. Uh, sorry, reviews as well. Uh, an MVP, an honorable mention, and also a flop. So, Jimbo, we'll go. We'll start with you. Who was your Who was your trio there for that one? Right. So, MVP, uh, Devon White. Thought he was absolutely superb. Only a second year like starting linebacker for um, the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, Ten total tackles. Got the interception. All over the place, you know, he led that defence. I thought it was superb. I'm not actually looking forward to playing him twice a year going forward. No, no definitely no, I thought not. He's not brilliant. in the same boat there. Definitely not. But yeah, he had an outstanding game. For honourable mention, I go for Leonard Fournette. But he kept that kept the ball moving, the moved the ball on the ground when they needed to early on. Put put up sixty three yards, respectable. But he also caught the ball, you know, he was their second leading receiver behind Cameron Bright. Yeah, five no, catches, yeah, and he was important he was to that offense. Yeah, he was and definitely a dual threat in that game. Has to be in his last ever game, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> now, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Drew Brees, three interceptions, hardly moved the ball. I think he only put 140 yards up or something like that. You know, he was didn't have his best game he's ever had. And there wasn't particularly loads of pressure on him. I think they got a little bit of pressure on him towards the end, but he just, he couldn't move the ball and didn't look after it. So he's the flop. No, fair enough. No, I'll 100% agree with you on the last one there. So that's uh, not too bad on that one. So I'll go to my trio. So my MVP, these are all based on the, on the one game in the NFC, which was, I've got both Aaron's in my uh, in my trio but the MVP who is going to be the NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers I mean we've all everyone has always talked about how special Aaron Rodgers is in terms of what he's done you think of the last few years he's always been in the playoffs they never skip a beat when he's in that team but this is I think now they're like I think this is in the last five years, I think this is like their third or fourth championship game. So he's always put them in the position to be within touching distance of a Super Bowl. And as much as I like pieces on Green Bay's team, it is mainly him. He is such an outstanding player. And he just showed once again why he is so talented against the number one Rams defense. He gets just under 300 yards and he got three total scores, got one on the ground. He moved the ball when needed to. The offense was outstanding. He was, he got held up right. He was he was just outstanding. And to me, 
he is my MVP just based on that. He's just, just proving yet year after year after year that he's all he is arguably and he is always going to be in that conversation of definitely one of the best talents to ever be in the NFL. So kudos to him. He's yet in another NFC Championship game. And uh, my honorable mention is uh, the other Aaron who is just lined up behind him. Uh, old Aaron Jones. He had a very good day. Um, moved it when he needed to. Mainly on the ground. He was just under 100 yards. But he did get a touchdown. But he, he was a big part of that game. Uh, he did just enough. He got over uh, 100 total yards. He, he done very well. So he's definitely an honorable mention for me. And then in the same game, I must admit, the flop for me is definitely the Rams' defense. I mean, look, I've just sung Aaron Rodgers' praises, and, and as well as you know, Jimbo, just how talented he is is without question. But I did expect the Rams' defense just to have a little bit more oomph to them and have a little bit better game plan. Uh, one thing I'll give a little bit of credit, obviously, Aaron Donald did try and play through his rib injury. Um, I think the guard's in tears in the end. That's how much in pain he was. So. You haven't got your best D lineman in there. I get that. But I'm also expecting a bigger game from your linebackers and also the secondary. And it just didn't really turn out. And and look, they nearly put 500 yards of total offense. That 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 is a lot in comparison. And, and they were just completely all over them all game. It just didn't stop. So the Rams D are my flop of the week for that one uh, in the NFC games. Uh, I suppose we could talk about the... Uh, the a few uh, the betting matchups that we had, Jimbo. I'm trying to think what we what we actually had in yeah, those games. I think um, I can remember rightly. Well, we I certainly won the spread on both games, uh, Packers and Bucks. Uh, I know you. I think you selected the Bucks as well, didn't you? You selected the Packers to win. I had the Packers to win. Yep, yeah. I had. Um, yeah. The touchdown wise, obviously, I I napped um, Gronkowski anytime touchdown. I think he yeah. dropped. He, he did drop one in the end zone. It was a tough one. Uh, he had a couple of balls thrown to him in the end zone. But yeah, no, yeah. no touchdown, unfortunately. Yeah, I think on the unders, I think um, I think we went under on the the Green Bay game. Uh, it was a little bit disappointing because uh, Aaron Rodgers, though, though, though we did point out he could reel off and have a great game, which he did. Yeah. Um, and the one I think I'm a little bit pissed off about, <laughs> definitely, if the viewers mentioned, I had Tampa winning by. 13 plus um, I wasn't far off and they had the chance as well to probably put a few more points on the ball which probably pissed me off a little bit more because I did have some money on it so <laughs> when yeah, there's a few thing... drops a few drops in the end zone and stuff wasn't there Godwin dropped one as well yeah Godwin dropped one and I think come the four, there was four minutes left and I was hoping they maybe have a big play or a big throw but didn't really happen but I wasn't far off so as much as I was closer I still didn't get it but Hey-ho, you can't win them all away, but uh, not, so we well. weren't too far off. Yes, that is the main thing. Um, and that would that we does say we had them on the spread, so not the end of the world on that. So, just concluding the NFC matchups for this weekend. Holding number 55, 10 yard penalty. All right, then. So, we're going to move on to the next games, which we're going for the AFCs now. Uh, the Ravens at the Bills. This one was quite a tout with matchup, Jimbo. Um, if I remember correctly, obviously we'll, we'll get to the betting points um, after the, the reviews. But uh, we thought it was going to be quite a high-scoring game. Completely the opposite. Very, uh, people want to call it boring. People want to call it, uh, it was a bit of a shit place and everything else. It was a very good defensive game. Very good defensive game. 
Buffalo Browns at 17 to 3. Yeah, but a bit of a weird one in terms of, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll get the credit to me, absolute credit to the Bills defense for the played outstanding. Um, only held them to three points. They contained Lamar Jackson, which is what we said in the preview, wasn't it, Jim? But they need to contain Lamar Jackson from running the ball. And they did to a fair amount. I think Jackson didn't didn't do much running the ball. Yeah, it was a real strange game. I think it's it started off the first couple of Ravens attacks and they were moving the ball, running the ball, and I just thought they looked good, but they stopped the run. Lamar Jackson didn't attempt as many runs as before. And they were they were largely unimpressive, the Ravens offense. I think the centre didn't help their case whatsoever. I think three or four bad snaps. Um, obviously we'll go into the one that caused the injury a little bit later but he really didn't help the issue there was a couple of snaps there was one snap that went past Lamar Jackson made a really really nice play on it to actually get 10 yards running back on the ball um, but yeah they didn't quite get their run game going no I think um, for most of this game the Bills were let's say a little bit a step ahead I mean they were moving the ball a little bit better I mean Josh Allen didn't have a his best game by a long shot, but he moved the ball fairly well. They sort of abandoned the run very well, uh, well I, very quickly. I don't, and I don't even think they wanted to run. I, I think that they, I didn't even, at one point, I don't think the coach even knew he was allowed to run the ball. Um, no. <laughs> no, they <laughs> Josh Allen, guns. He played well. He overthrew the ball a few times. I think the wind didn't help his case. Obviously, there was a couple of misfield goals as well, which does sort of account, say, yes, the well, wind wasn't great. Funny enough, bringing that, I mean, it was very windy. You could tell by the field goals. I think there was four missed field goals from both uh, Bass, the Buffalo kicker, and um, and Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. Oh, oh, yeah. And well, Bass has done well in his rookie year, and Tucker's a fantastic kicker. Just shows how talented the guy is. He was having a crossbar competition. I think it was more impressive him hitting the posts twice in a row yeah. and him actually getting it in which he got one in in the end it was really funny so he was having the time of his life having a good crossbar challenge but you could tell how strong that wind was so yeah maybe you were right in terms of a few deep balls but probably from both sides as well because when yeah I mean, Lamar Jackson overthrew a couple of times as well so I think that massively played a part but Josh Allen did in the second half first half I thought he, he played pretty poorly to be honest but in the second half he did come alive and he did sort of move the ball you know, whether that was a case, the wind sort of died down a little bit, but he, I think he sort of woke him up half time and he, he came out and he was the better of the two players in the second half. Yeah, massively. And he was uh, a different player. Absolutely. And, but the thing, the main, the key moment of the game, obviously, I think if you're a Bills fan, probably been jumping around the room on our would have been with a fantastic defensive play. So the Ravens are in their red zone, not far. I think they might have been about 10 yards out, five yards out, something like that. Lamar Jackson, probably the worst thing he'd done all game, threw a pretty bad pick, went yeah, straight into the hands. Well. Was a bad pick and literally went, I think, 101 yards, I think the, the, the stat was in the end, um, by Taron Johnson and scored a touchdown. And that sort of set the tone a little bit going in towards the end of the game because after that, Lamar Jackson got injured, like you pointed out, with that really bad snap um, by the centre. So when he then went out, when you're trading as well, when you get something like that as a defence, you get a pick six, a massive moment in the game, puts you up by two scores. It's going to give your defence such a massive oomph and it did in the end because they kept their guns and just, other than, okay, Lamar Jackson did go out and Jed Huntley had to come in, but they still held the three points, which to me, is it was as much as we like the way the 
the Ravens use their offense with the running game and they use Mar Jackson. I'm, I'm, I took my hat off, absolutely took my hat off to the Bills D and uh, just a whole the defense in general, just holding yeah, like three I, points. I think the way that the the Ravens are set up as well, it, it doesn't help them when they're chasing the game. You know, they're they're massively a side that give the Ravens a ten point lead. I think they'll defend it all day long. But yeah. when they're chasing the game and they've got to throw the ball a little bit more, and they, you know, they can't use these run plays. I think that's when they they struggle offensively. Yeah, massively. I mean, I mean, and I think, I think in total they still had 150 yards on the ground, but I think it was a bit of a misleading stat because at the end of the day, their main source of okay, they, you know, J.K. Dobbins and Gus, Gus Edwards are a nice duo running the ball, but most of their decent massive run plays come out of Lamar Jackson, and if he is contained well, which has happened a couple of times, and obviously Buffalo did it in this game, it does really make the Ravens change their philosophy a little bit. And it's not that the fact that we know the Mark Jackson can't throw the ball, he can, but it does change their game plan massively. Um, and the Bills had a good, decent game plan, obviously, to try and contain him. And it worked out massively. As they are now through, for the first time, I think it's 1993 since the Buffalo Bills were in the, uh, the AFC Championship game. And uh, the playoff droughts keep sealing to fall for Buffalo, Jimbo. So credit, credit where it's due uh, for Buffalo because they're advancing to the AFC Championship game. And for the first time in probably actually since 93, I've got a shot to get to their first, uh, to their fifth Super Bowl in the team's franchise history. Yeah, I think just just quickly, I'll just touch upon, obviously we'll go into it in our previews. Just quickly though, I do think they do need to work on their Russian game. They need to have more of a Russian game when they're going to this AFC game. It was non-existent. Oh, massively, yeah. I think they very much about. Well, like you said, either they banded it off or they just didn't even try it. Um, I think it's got, sort of got to that point of what they were actually trying to do. I mean, when you're getting Josh Allen throwing it 37 times, you're putting your hands in with a Josh just, Allen. Just needs a little bit more help, doesn't he? You can't rely Maybe on just a bit. everything. He is more than capable, but yeah, I think if he can have a decent game from his backs, it gives him a lot more breathing space to, to, to open that back, open up that offence a hell of a lot more than it should be because they're going to, like you say, they're going to need that in this championship game and if they get to the Super Bowl, they're going to need to definitely mix that up there. So we'll have to find out next week, see how they get on, but they are finally in an AFC championship game for the first time in an absolutely, seems like forever years for Buffalo Bills fans. And automatic first down. Blue 22! Right then, going to the, the last game uh, for the AFC. So, Kansas City and Cleveland. Now, this one, Jimbo, to me, very much tail the two halves. Kansas City had a, a decent lead uh, into the half. I think it was like 19, I think it was 19 3 at half time. I will point out, I did feel for the Browns because they had a pretty bad decision go against them that went for a touchback. Um, Higgins reached out to grab the ball over the line. Um, he got hit just before he got into the end zone. But I think it was so yeah, awesome. It was a strange Never one, wasn't it? I, I, that's the first I've sort of known of the rule about the the touchback sort of thing. And it, it doesn't sort of seem very fair to me, does it? Yeah. I yard think out. It's a bit, it's a bit it's, of a funny one. It's a one, tough yeah. one, isn't it? It's a, it's a strange but, rule, really. I mean, I don't understand why, obviously, it's fumbled into the end zone. Why is that? Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think that I think it's more for me. Obviously, he did lead with the crown of his helmet, and now the NFL have been so hot on the whole concussion protocols moving forward for the past few years. 
and obviously players' safety. To me, I mean, people might correct me if I'm wrong, I could be, but to me, it looked like, in all fairness, as much as he reached out for it, that when he reached for the ball, Higgins was technically a defenseless player. And when Sorison came in, he did, if he led with his shoulder, at, you know, fair enough, we've seen it. Um, that is the, that's what they're teaching defenders to do nowadays rather than lead with the crown. But obviously, he, he led with the crown of his helmet and hit, hit um, Higgins in the helmet, which caused the fumble. Now, yeah. that is a foul. I mean, as much as and I, I do. And feel why is that play there. not re- why is that play not reviewable as well? I mean, shouldn't all so penalties bit, really be yeah. reviewable? You know what I mean? I think the NFL well, they did, really re- they did review it. In all fairness, they did they, review they it. They so didn't like, review the tackle though. They can't review the the tackle. Right. Yeah, it's a bit of a funny they, one because the, when they do review, they review whether he was out it. of bounds or not before he got fumbled, but they can't review the tackle. No, that is a bit stupid because at the end of the day, that's what was the main argument there. For, for the Browns was that he levered the crown of his helmet because they didn't review it. And obviously all, all reviews under two minutes, they can't even challenge like what the specific thing was. So they couldn't challenge that it was the crown of the helmet, but they had to review it. But it's only the officials that can do it within the two minute warning. And that's why I can see why the Browns fans were dis, you know, disappointed because it was that could have changed the game a bit. I mean, if you looked at that score, that means it would have been... 1910 going into the yeah. half, possibly. I think um, so... Higgins took a little bit of stick. Well, I, I saw uh, Roddy White, obviously, absolute legend, Atlanta Falcon legend, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he actually put the blame on Higgins for actually reaching where he knew the contact was coming. I mean, it's a difficult one because if he doesn't reach, you're obviously you're saying, well, why haven't you tried to make the thing? But he said, when you get that contact's coming... You know, just tuck it, get the get in there with a yard yard to find, you know? Protect the ball. Yeah, it's touch and go because obviously you'll have some players that would have probably done that, what Roddy's saying. But then you're gonna get I reckon you're gonna get a good eighty five percent of the players, when they're that close to the end zone, they they're, they're gonna most of them will put their body on the line, you know. Let's be honest, the, the players do, do that. That's what they're taught as well. If you're that close, they they wanna score. You know, that that yeah, is what they're gonna do. I mean, I, you know, I've just taken a word of of Ronnie White there that yeah I think yeah very harsh to be on Higgins I think it was just a, I, I do think it was a bad call it should have been brought back for the crown of the helmet um, I mean it could have been a little bit of a different game but if there was ever a lifeline for the Cleveland Browns to possibly beat this team lo and behold Patrick Mahomes goes out midway through the third with a concussion now if you're talking about a lifeline you've now got Chad Henney in at quarterback for Kansas City. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, a, a lot of people didn't expect the and I get it, a lot of people didn't expect the Browns to win this game. But if there was ever an opportunity presented, I really do think it did get away from Cleveland a little bit because it was a bit of a tale of the two halves. When Chad Henney come in, obviously it, it, it becomes a different perspective. Well, because I think as soon as you see there. Chad Henney, you just think, well, interception, you know, <laughs> the Browns ain't going to let him throw the ball. No. That's right, the Browns it, have got to let him throw the ball. Massive bit. And to be fair, I was saying it, you remember what I was saying, I was like, just let, stop the run, yeah. let him throw it. Lo and behold, he, I, I, I don't know what he was doing. There must have been a miscommunication, something like that. Throws the, a really, I mean, an awful pick. It Went back for a touchback. To the play. Absolutely bad. Didn't, he didn't have to force the field either, so it was an awful pick. Um, he did redeem it a bit later because of the plays he made, but for a chance for Cleveland to, to capitalise, as much as yet the Chiefs have got great defence, have kept him at bay most of the game. You had to think 
you don't get many opportunities in this league, especially with something like that and taking an opportunity when the, the, the star of the NFL in terms of a player and position goes out due to injury. That is just a chance that you have to capitalise on. And unfortunately, the Browns just did just come up short on it. Yeah, the I one mean, they, thing I they will give. made it interesting at least, didn't they? They moved the ball for They can hold their heads up high. I must admit, although I do think it got away from them, there was an opportunity. They can hold their heads up high. It's not like they got absolutely trounced by by the Chiefs. You know, they 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 kept their toe in and they kept they kept true to what they were doing, and it and and it nearly paid off. But at the end of the day, it obviously didn't. I will give credit to Andy Reid. I mean, the bloke the the bloke is massive. He is a big he is big, massive. Yeah, big, he's big. He's a big man. To tell you what, his bollocks are even bigger. Jesus Christ! So fourth and inches to to ice the game, and I I can't remember where they joined you, but I think they were in their own half. I don't think they were far away from the halfway line. To to seal the game, they needed a first down, and you know you're thinking maybe a quarterback sneak, maybe something short, just to punch it in. Just trust your trust your offensive line to push through. What does he do? He drops back. Pretty not in the shotgun, but a fair few yards back, and he just done a little nice little swing pass out to Tyreek Hill to get the first down. Now, that well, for to me, me it was just a, takes, takes some. Bullets. It was a <laughs> very admit, very clever play. play. It was a very clever play. You know the way the the Chiefs were sort of lined up as well. They they were lined up that they weren't going to play it. If if you know too much, so they were lined up like yeah. they weren't making a play. They were trying to get the the Browns to move. That was how everyone in that. Everyone watching that game thought they were there. You know, they they weren't going to stack the ball, but when they did, fantastic play. They sold it really well, and I think it took everyone by surprise, let alone the Browns' defense. Kudos and credit to to Andy Reid on that one. And after all that, as much as it was uh, maybe squeaky bum time a little bit for the Chiefs, uh, hopefully, knock on wood, Mahomes will be all right for next week, so we can get a great matchup between Mahomes and Allen in the championship game. Kansas City advanced to their third straight AFC championship game with the win there at home over the Cleveland Browns, one game away from the Super Bowl. Right, so for the AFC matchups, we'll go for our trios again. Jimbo, the MVP, honorable mention in the flop. I'll kick off this time as you are as you did the last one. Uh, for me, my MVP, thought about it quite a fair bit. And in perfect honesty was Travis Kelsey. He just seems to do it again. He's got a great touchdown um, in the game, you know, to sort of get the Chiefs very much uh, in the control of the game. Over, nearly 110 yards and a score. The guy's just outstanding. As much as, you know, he, I think he finished third in receiving yards in the whole league. He's just outstanding. He's just a stand-above player for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm, and I'm really expecting him to do big things in the AFC Championship game as well. He's just an absolute stud, so kudos to him. My honourable mention. Now, thought long and hard about this one, but for me, was the man, the man, the man himself. Like I said, Jimbo, he's got big bollocks. Andy Reid. In all fairness, you know, just on that play call alone, not like say he caught the Browns napping for what he wanted to do, but he would have looked an absolute 
you know, he ain't going to look like the, this coach that we've always touted of how genius he is. He would look like an absolute idiot if it didn't work. So kudos to him and the bollocks for that man. Absolute fair play. He's my honourable mention just on that play call alone. That's all That's all I'm giving him for. Uh, and my flop, I mean, the guy from Looks It was rather playing crossbar challenge than getting points for his team. And yes, I know it was windy, but we're talking about one of the best kickers who I've ever seen play. He, he is fantastic. So Justin Tucker did have a bad game. So he is my flop. He could have maybe, it maybe would have made it a little bit more interesting and just a little ball maybe in reach for um, for the Ravens. So he is my flop as he was, uh, you know, gonna. he was rather playing crossbar challenge. So Justin Tucker is my flop on that one, Jimbo. Yeah. So MVP for me. So I was miles away there. I was right. just going to go for MVP. It, no. MVP for you, Jimbo. <laughs> um, I'll take Tyree Kill. Uh, for the Chiefs, okay. he, he put over 100 yards up. Obviously, he caught the, the important catch at the end to win to seal the victory. Uh, I think he was quite reliable. He was reliable for both quarterbacks. He was reliable for Henny when he came in as well, which honourable mention, I'll go for Teron Johnson for the pick six. 100, whatever, it was 101 yards or something, was it? Absolutely yeah, 101 pick, yards. You know, and he, he actually outran Lamar Jackson, which is impressive in itself. Uh, to actually get home for the, the touchdown and flop Definitely. well I'm going to actually ask you for a new segment on this program I think talking about centres the Ravens centre <laughs> what a terrible Raven performance yeah. you know in the yeah. end he ended up getting his quarterback injured you know stopped any chance of a comeback from his poor snap at the end there was three or four in the game I think Lamar Jackson made an absolute superb play on one of the poor snaps um, but it was just it was just poor and the worst thing about this is, I was reading earlier, they actually benched their, their main centre, the, the starting centre for the beginning of the year, uh, Scurry, in November for poor snaps. I mean, if his snaps were any worse than this guy, uh, I'd hate to see how, how bad he was, but... Yeah, maybe, yeah, I mean, he's, maybe he's that's the who the Ravens... Me. Yeah, maybe that's who the Ravens should uh, target in the draft, maybe get another centre to come in and uh, <laughs> maybe try to try and Give Lamar Jackson a little bit of a, a little bit of hope that he can get a decent ball snap to him, but uh, no, absolutely, yeah, I agree with that one for you there, Jimbo. So, I think our betting lines, if we're going straight to that, I'm trying to think now, um, I was de- I was definitely well off on my uh, next best for Buffalo and the Ravens. I think I put over fifty two. Yeah, we won't talk much about that. That was uh, <laughs> it, it. Did look like good. a high score game. It didn't transpire, but. No, definitely not. Uh, I believe we had the cream, Kareem Hunt. You had the cream. Sorry, you had the cream Hunt anytime touchdown. Yeah, that's my uh, next score. best. Yeah, he, he sort of he helped me out there. It was good. They used him a lot in the yeah. red zone. I think the one that annoyed me the most. I was quite close to getting my spread actor all four games. Got three out of four. The Chiefs were the only ones that let me down. Only needing to win by an extra. I mean, it was two points in the end. Obviously, without the injury, I think they'd have comfortably done that. So that completely ruined my uh, fourfold there. A little bit. I mean, for me, that worked out a little bit better. Other than the other spreads, I didn't do well on. I did have plus. I did have the Browns on the spread, so that benefited me a little bit, but maybe not as much as you. So a bit unfortunate there, but uh, not too bad considering it wasn't as way as way off as I thought we were going to be. So not not too bad from us there. For that one in the old uh, in the old betting corner, Jimbo. Yeah. And look forward to uh, 
looking through the bets for the championship games. Yes, definitely so. So, guys, that, that wraps up our review of the divisional game. We're now down to four teams. So, looking at now for the championship games, respectively, for the NFC, Tom Brady takes on Aaron Rodgers, which I'm, I don't know, I'm buzzing for both games. Should be an absolute blast of both games. Aaron Rodgers versus Brady, and also Allen versus, hopefully, knock on wood, which he should be okay, is Patrick Mahomes. Can't wait for the games, Jim, but I think there's going to be some yeah, very good, I'm hoping they very good games. Yeah, the NFC, the, the sort of the tale of two veterans in the AFC, the two newcomers who are going to, sure, they're going to be fighting out in many more championship years down the line. Yeah, championship games definitely down the line. so. Definitely, definitely. Battling it out. Uh, so what we're going to do, guys, so we will do a preview for these uh, for the championship games. Uh, just before so, the plan on the uh, on the Sunday. So what we'll do, we will uh, have another episode this week for that one. So keep an eye on our social media pages and keep an eye out. Uh, if you fix any... Twitter by then, that is, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you wouldn't fucking mention that again, but keep an eye on it, people, okay? You still follow the account, be fine. Okay, but keep an eye out. We're going to have some uh, content up as well, as much as possible on Instagram and Twitter. And also keep an eye out for posts when we post this episode. And then keep an eye out for our preview of the championship games. Thanks very much, Jimbo. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you uh, later in the week. Mm-hmm.